Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a three-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade from the David versus Goliath podcast. Welcome to a short edition of DVG. Today we're going to be discussing music and the entrepreneurial spirit. It's a conversation I have with my brother. It's dear to my heart. I love music as the watchers and listeners know. I am a musician as well and so is my brother. And I really believe that music, especially the music business, we can learn a ton from and my brother's success in it as an independent artist has been amazing. And now as I've been working as an independent artist as well, we've been learning so much and music can be a big part of that in your life. Today's episode is brought to us by AutomateMySocial.com where you can automate 90 to 100% of your business's social media and never have to think about it again. A recent business saved $48,000 a year and benefits, by the way, plus benefits, switching to Automate My Social. Check it out. Visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to be uh, get our newsletter and also apply to be on the podcast. Well, let's get right to it. Check this out. You're going to enjoy this. Here it is with Neil DeGrade from Dirt Poor Robbins. So very few people are happy uh, in the music industry doing music. There's, it's a very small percentage of people that are killing it out there. And they, know, and they don't even know why it works sometimes when it does. So it's, a, it's an iffy business. I mean, with the intelligence people have, most of the time they, they do themselves a favor to get in a more reliable industry than the music industry. But it's alluring. It's kind of sexy to be a part of music. So people get sucked right in. And clearly with the mustache, it's very sexy. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you uh well it's funny too because uh you know i guess we give a little background you just gave a, a little extra background there with the uh lessons i had totally forgotten about the clock we used to abuse um but one of the first things we had um as a musical experience was uh, my dad used to bring home records and i think you've heard me say this before adam but my dad brought home two records you remember the two records he brought home i think so it was kiss yes uh, and then it was queen that's right and you get to pick first and of course, I went with the Kiss because I'm a marketer. You went with Kiss, and I went with Queen. Well, I was going to go with Queen either way, so it didn't like it wasn't even like we had to pick. We were just going to go our directions. And so, part of the difference in our you know two paths in life is that you know I think Kiss the the Kiss's motto wasn't that they weren't like every other band trying to be the Beatles. They were trying to be Coca Cola. Hmm. So um, I think that you like the branding, the marketing around that. For me, I was more wrapped up in the like the cinematic, theatrical side of music, the emotive side. So uh, that's one of the differences in what we ended up doing. And um, it's interesting to see what you've done because you've you've been able to hang on to music as like, obviously, you haven't put the time into it. I have, but it's still it's still a huge part of your life. Oh, as huge. you can see behind you. <laughs> clearly, clearly a huge part of my life. And I'm actually looking forward to this weekend. We'll be playing together for the first time in years. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be and a blast. And, you know, when you think about David versus Goliath, you now you think about the giant music industry, right? Or the entertainment industry in general. Yeah. You know, for what I think is so interesting about your story is that after the independent label thing, we had mild degrees of success. You stayed at it with DPR, which is Dirt Poor Robbins. Right. And you have continued to refine that and find a space 
in a market that gives you hundreds of thousands of fans on a relatively low budget for you to be able to produce and distribute your music because art is so important to you. The music is so important to you. And, you know, talk to people about what that challenge is like. You know, you don't have the hundreds of millions of dollars of budgets like a Katy Perry would have. Right. Yet your fans are, in some ways are just as dedicated and in, in some cases even more dedicated to the brand. Talk about the music of DPR in the beginning and how it's evolved over time to where you are now. All right. Well, something that was kind of a side hobby for us for a while has turned into, you know, over a million, million streams a month and uh, with Dirt Paul Robbins. And that happened without really a marketing budget or a, a big budget. So everything was kind of done out of pocket and in my own studio. So when we when you and I started making music, I mean, we were in the recording studio when I was 13 already. And we were actually it's, it's long enough ago that we were recording and putting things on tape. And oh, yeah. uh, so. But I was hungry to learn everything from the engineers. I mean, like a, a hunger to learn is really going to go a long way when it comes to an education. So I would just drive the engineers nuts. I would ask them questions. I would try to re like organize their effects. And um, it was a problem, but it was also a good problem I was causing because I was learning at their their expense and patience. And we'll be back in a second. Here's a quick break from our first sponsor, Automate My Social. Do you own a business? Do you have or need a social media presence? If you are like most businesses, you spend either no time or too much time and money on your social media strategy. Spending thousands of dollars per month only to get mediocre and inconsistent results. This leads to frustration and in some cases, sleepless nights. Introducing AutomateMySocial.com. Automate 90% of your social media and never have to think about it again. That's right. Automate your business's social media posting and strategy like forever. Automate the essentials and customize only what's needed. Save time, save money, and get better results with AutomateMySocial.com. Our patent-pending technology gives you the ability to automatically create your social post and distribute them immediately, like in seconds, across all your social media platforms. Stop the madness of paying someone to create posts and manage your strategy, and let our software do the work, so you don't have to. Oh, and if you're an agency or social media manager, you too can let our software do all the work and you can get all the credit. It will be our little secret. With AutomateMySocial.com, you can have it all. It's easy to use, never complains, and never ask for time off or more benefits. See this amazing new software application at AutomateMySocial.com. If you own a business or manage client social media and want to save time, energy, money, all while increasing your return on investment, then let's get this party started at AutomateMySocial.com. Let's get back to the interview with Neil DeGrade now. Um, but we had to adapt a lot. So uh, we started out in like, you know, 80s hairband stuff and, and kind of like on the edge of metal sometimes. Or, you know, if Kansas was around still in the late 80s, that was kind of like our sound. And, um, you know, what happened is uh, grunge came along and like right away there was I had a little bit of a disgust reflex to grunge because it was sloppier. It had more energy, but uh, and it was a little rougher around the edges, which was cool. But it there was something about it where I had worked on this pristine technique and it just didn't have a place in grunge. 
Um, but that was my first encounter with a major change in style of music where it's like, I'm doing one thing and the thing we were doing was dead in a year. As soon as yeah. grunge, there was no one's was signing any of these hair bands. I mean, we were super young, so it wasn't like we were in trouble, but, um, they weren't signing these bands. And I got really curious because I started to focus on my favorite, um, songs and favorite grunge bands and what, that new genre that emerged, what kind of opportunity afforded me. And I remember, uh, you know, so I started wearing corduroys and, um, <laughs> and flannel shirts and stuff and, uh, grew my mullet out. And, you know, people I was doing music with were making fun of me for the adaptation and a lot of times. So it was, it was funny because within, you know, within a decade going back and those other people that refused to just, just hung on to that disgust reflex by the new thing, they were sure. still listening to the same stuff. They, you know, this is not a bad thing, but the, you know, like the ones that stuck with music were music teachers. I think that's a wonderful profession. It wasn't my goal. Um, and that wasn't their goal either. So everybody had kind of settled into something less just because they had this, oh, this new thing came along and they defended their old thing for the sake of the chance to grow. Um, now grunge didn't last forever either. So that was great. So there was, there's been probably about like 30 times. I've had to adapt my uh, approach over the years, but it wasn't like a forced adaptation. It was something I'd learned about how to see the new thing for what it was and what opportunity it gave me. Meaning that whenever there was a new thing came along, it's because there was an older thing that was getting a little played out and the new thing was going to be uh, it. It had more to do with the energy where people were at and also offered me something new and fresh to dive into. So adaptation was key uh, to get to this point. Now, adaptation I mean, is the key. it's a adaptation is the key to everything, right? I mean, even in small business, if you're doing something and you're banging your head against the wall and the, and the market's moved on from that, you have to find that space that is yours that people want to be a part of. Right. And it was, right. I was talking you know, a couple of weeks back to Aaron, uh, uh, not Aaron Lane, uh, Jessica Kendrick. It was last week, actually. And she said that she created her business out of a lifestyle that she wanted to have. She thought it would only be her. What ended up happening is other attorneys wanted that lifestyle because she found yeah. a space, created the space. They wanted to join her in that space, and they did join her in that space. And there you have it. Before we close out the show, great advice from Neil, by the way. You have to adapt. You have to adapt to market conditions. You have to adapt to changes. You have to not have blinders on. You have to see what's going on around you and change and adapt your business to be successful. And in closing, I'd love to leave you with a little segment of one of Dirt Poor Robin's songs. Enjoy it. And we'll see you next week on David versus Goliath.
that was awesome. The song that you listened to there was All There Is. And then the solo came from It Tore Your Heart Out. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of David vs. Goliath. We'll see you next week. Have an awesome day.